Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to The Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. The conversation you're about to hear is one I had with several church leaders um, from around the country as well as around the world. Every month I'm blessed to meet with church leaders and we discuss together the things of what it looks like to equip disciples to live out their missionary identity. And we talk about organic church, we talk about house church, micro church. And we, we just talk about what it looks like to live the mission of Jesus. And so I meet with these church leaders every month, and the conversation you're going to hear is one of those meetings. And it's specifically, we're talking about what it looks like for us as leaders to not take on something that the Holy Spirit is doing in someone else. And you're going to hear that conversation. I hope you find it helpful those that are in this conversation, as I said, come from all over. You're going to hear from Richard Johnson, who is a church leader in New Orleans with Rebuild Church. You're going to hear from Hanson Papuna, who is in the country of Nepal, living out the mission of Jesus. You're going to hear from Martin Jones, who is a church planter in Cincinnati, Ohio. And you're also going to you won't hear from him, but he's also on the call, Jason Tucker. He is a house church pastor in Crescent Springs, Kentucky. And so as you listen in on this conversation, let it challenge you, let it encourage you as it relates to living out the everyday mission of Jesus. How do we keep ourselves from taking on those things that really God has for other people? I think it's a wisdom just like we, we have now just from this call. Like we constantly develop the relationship in this circle that God is creating us, that's creating through us. And we bounce these ideas off each other because there, there are a generation that's going to come after us. And we have to remind them in doing so, we're going to remind ourselves like stuff don't come to our plate. Like, hey, that's that's not me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not my uh my burden but i will support you it's kind of, but i've been having these conversations i think this whole pandemic and the great steal of election has really uh helped me out a lot to realize that i need to be very cautious on what i can't handle and what god has called me to do versus what i can't because mm-hmm. people are gonna bring all kind of stuff to you and we i mean that's just not what he called you to do and you have to be okay with that and I think, you know, just that constant reminder, long story short, just us doing what we're doing, pro- living out and modeling Proverbs 27, 17 is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other thoughts on that? How do we protect f- from taking on someone else's, something else that the spirit has for someone else? I think uh, theologically, we've got to see the movement of God as a decentralized movement. Um the Holy Spirit is present in all people, all Christians. Um, the question is, are they listening? You know, Amen. and I think that I think we're I think in in the way we do the way we have a tendency to centralize everything. It's got to go through me. It's got to go through the organizations yeah. of the church and those kind of things. Moves. We know it moves against a movement, but does it also move against the workings of the Spirit? 
uh, in the lives of in the lives of people. I think, yeah, it does. I think um, mm -hmm. I think we're not we're not you know encouraging people to act on what the spirit is telling them, and 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 using that as an opportunity. I mean, I, I use the terms three gospel grow and go. I that's not my theory. That's Jesus said, go into all the world. You know, gospel. He said, teaching them. That's grow to what go, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the way God told us to do it. And you look at most, most, uh, um, you know, most visions that pastor have, have all those three elements in it, gospel grow and go in some ways, if you don't have, but, but each one of those are opportunities or especially grow and go are opportunities. There are people who will, who will, who stop growing because they're not challenged to go. They're not, challenge to put the things that they're running into practice right and um i think that's where we kind of stop it because we look at somebody you know I, I don't know what this 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 woman's life situation is but we look at them as being either you know inexperienced or they got problems in their life or something these you know uh, going might be the way that god helps them deal with those issues mm -hmm. in their life. It gives them the new mm -hmm. motivation that I'm greater than these problems that I'm having. I'm greater than this thing. God, you know, you're, you know, that I, you know, but, you know, we take the above reproach thing to mean perfection, you know, and it doesn't mean mm -hmm. perfection. Um, sometimes the greatest growth that somebody has is when they start really working for the Lord. Um so, yeah, that's, that's good. good. And I and so what I'm hearing from Richard is that wisdom, multitude of counselors, right? Seeking that wisdom from other people, recognizing biblically that every believer has the Spirit inside them is and has specific gifts and and a mission that Jesus is calling them to. And I I would even throw in there too, like just what helps us to, I guess, release people rather than take on things that the spirit has for other people. I think too, just for me, even personally, is just recognizing that every believer has this identity of missionary. Jesus is making them into a fisher of men, just as he is me and recognize. And I don't, I want, you know, that, that person needs to learn how to fish. You know, I, and, yep. you know, and I often want to just do the fishing for them. Let me just do it for you. But then that person never learns how to fish. They never learn how to fish for people. They never learn. And, yeah. and, and Richard, what you're saying to her is basically go learn how to fish. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you're not, you're not going to figure it out right here. Me telling you, you're going to learn by experience. I mean, plus I already did. I, Jesus gave us the blueprint. That's why I just like, you know, I, I quote my boy Tupac. You know, he said, you can you can tell me how to get it done. Maybe I can do it. You can do it for me and it may help. But unless you walk with me and then let me go, I'm never going to get it on my own. Yeah. You know, and I, I just think, obviously, that's the life that Jesus lived. He modeled what he expected of his disciples. He told them what he had already shown them. And then he walked with them and left them on, a, on their own to do what he did. And And even early on, he sent them out. Even early on mm -hmm. in the ministry with him, he said, go, go door to door, yep. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and just go. And uh, so he, they were learning by going, they yep. were growing yep. by going, you know, and, and all of that. And I think that's so important when it comes to, 
just just the mission and making disciples and um and 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 coming back to that decentralization right of just releasing people trusting the spirit to be inside that person yes there is truth that they need to learn and 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 but it wasn't like here's all the truth you know it's like let's do this at the same time you're gonna so jesus sends them out while he's giving them truth about himself um yeah no and i I think that's good hey hansen i want you to jump in here if you if you would and give us some of what that looks like for you in nepal what's it look like for you to equip um people to do the work of the ministry rather than you do it all and i think what you're doing is really what we're talking about now i just i'm i'm very sometimes i'm very encouraged to see that my students have uh zeal and coming up more to do for the lord and i have one brother now he is with me he cannot go back so he's in the uh, Zoom service now with my students there. What is that? He Last year, he accepted Jesus Christ. And his family are all Hindu. Father, mother, brother, all sister-in-law. So what happened is that he's the only one who came to Christ. And sometimes from their parents' uh, persecution. So these days, their parents are a little bit soft uh little bit okay so we are praying that his parents may come to the knowledge of christ and his brother also and uh, i am trying my my student my former student current student to speak up so from yesterday i'm exposing to them that how much courage they have to speak up their testimony to speak up uh, for christ so they're opening up and i'm giving more opportunity the platform that they may pour out their heart and their testimony that people may be blessed. That's what they're doing. And then it was uh, truly increasing unless they, they, if they keep on sitting doing nothing, it is a former kind of that. So I want them to expose. I want them to bring up the, the heart, the zeal that they have for Christ. So yesterday the te- testimony, it was very challenging and I want to see them working in their own community. And everyone says that, sir, I was called for, I was I was called by God to do the ministry. That's what I want them to start uh, working for Christ. I don't want them to be. Sometimes it's scary here because we cannot uh, give out the track or share openly because there is a fine, fifty thousand of fine, and we mm-hmm. have to go for jail for five years. So we have to be very careful. But but there is. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. That, that, that's what I always increase to my uh, the student and my people. Just mention the name of Jesus. That's enough. They need to hurt the name of Jesus. Jesus' name alone can save them. So uh, some people are afraid to speak about the Jesus when, the, when many people. So I want them to be bold enough so that they can be. Because sometimes if I did not go out and share the gospel to someone you know, in a week, if I did not share, sometimes I'm rest, restless. So uh, I want to go out and I want to share to someone. Now, I cannot save to anyone. I cannot bring anyone to the people, but God is who is going to work. But my duty is to go them and share to them. That's what, and then many young people are coming to train and coming to be and learning. I'm very happy that I, I am teaching them so that they can take this gospel to the place. 
and uh, I'm very blessed to have them and praying for this brother and then that he may be the channel of blessing to his family first and to his neighbors and to his community. And uh, he's continuously asking prayer for his family to come to the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Yes. Uh, and, and what I hear from you is, is, is more of what we're talking is just you're, you're encouraging them to be bold rather than you be the one that goes to those villages and shares the gospel with their family members. You're training and you're pushing them out to do that, right? You're yes. training and equipping them to go do that, that releasing. And again, I just think that that's, there's this training piece, but that training is them going too. Um, yes. No, it's, it's so good. And, and, and obviously you're in a culture where there's potential physical persecution. Um, yes. If you do that, um, man, just, Thankful for you. Thankful for your faithfulness. Um, guys, what else comes to mind as we talk about this? Anything else as it relates to just how do we, how do we, how do we keep ourselves from taking on something that the spirit has for someone else? You know, if you were asking about like, what are the, um, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about a whole list of things that stop us from empowering people. And um, one of those things has to do with the, the clergy-laity divide, you know, mm -hmm. um, that, and it's not just that we, I mean, we have created something that we really do, I guess, uh, many times we, We've, we we uh, see it as our profession, as, you know, who we are, which is, which is fine, but it's based upon, like, uh, positional authority. It's based upon, like, um, education, um, those things that kind of uh, separate us, put us in a category of, of um, I don't know, of, of leadership that, has with it an idea that we're that there's certain things that are our job. So it's all, I mean, it's a, it's really a, which what we're talking about here is a systemic problem within the walls of the church. Um, that professional idea that only certain professionals can do certain things. Um, I mean, you go into the average church and say, Hey, uh, who can take up, uh, who can take up an offering? Uh, <laughs> Who can uh, who can serve the Lord's yes, Supper? Who can baptize? And yeah. you get you get that mm -hmm. thing called uh, years ago. I learned a word called sacerdotalism, which was only certain professionals can do certain things and uh, in the ministry. And um, it was you know um, I think that's where we're that's one of the reasons we struggle with we're, we're struggling with tradition, you know, but you don't. I think if we get back to the New Testament, we don't see tons of stuff we struggle with. Uh, we don't see in the New Testament at all. Yeah. Um, we see in the development of, quote unquote, the church, the traditions, but we don't see them in the New Testament. Yeah, and I think that, that that's an obstacle in and of itself, right? In the sense of people, well, I'm not. And I'm glad Jason's on this call because and Jason could speak to this because we've even, you know, here he's a pastor, right? He's a pastor of a house church, but yet there's been this 
it's difficult, I think, at times to embrace that simply because of the tradition that we've often grown up in and, and how we view the role of pastor. You know, it's a Bible, you know, it's a, you got to have so many degrees behind you or you've got to, you know, whatever, rather than burden and character, according to First Timothy 3. And, and I think that that sometimes prevents um, some people from seeing themselves as pastors um, because, well, I'm not that. Well, do you have a burden to reach people with the gospel and to train people in the truth of God's word? Do you, do, do you have a character of First Timothy 3? You know, and, and are you growing in that character? Then you put those things together, then maybe that the spirit is giving you this gift of pastor. Um, and I think, and, and Jason could speak to that. And we've got a couple guys who are house church pastors that I think they're starting, they're beginning to embrace that reality that, no, I am a pastor. I am a shepherd over people, um, people in my neighborhood, as well as people that are maybe part of my house church. And so, um, yeah, I think you're right. That divide is, is has kind of created a, an obstacle there that that maybe not only prevents them, Martin, from, from embracing, from stepping into a, a ministry, but maybe keeps us as leaders. <laughs> Locked into, yeah. Lock, yeah, it's easy cause for me to even default to what I've grown up in and how I've seen pastor, you know, and I constantly have to detox myself off of that. You know, that thinking. Well, and, and you know, uh, I think of somebody like Hanson, um, somebody, you know, I think probably Richard's in that environment where, you know, you're, you're, you're in such an environment that has so many demands of people around you that um, the, the ministry itself forces simplicity, um, mm-hmm. forces you to triage, forces you, and when you triage, you tend to triage, they tend to triage those activities and things that are most effective in most New Testament. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we get away from, you know, I can't wait for somebody to get an education. <laughs> I can't wait for them to do, uh, to, 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 to be completely trained. You know, even, I, I think even Rick Warren said, um, he talked about the good enough principle. If somebody can come in, he says, and do it good enough, they'll learn the rest on the job. <laughs> so he good. says, follow, he says, follow the good enough. Don't follow the perfection because they, awesome. they won't do it like you anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's okay. They'll do it better than you. And, and even as a leader, that's a huge principle that you, there's a lot of humility that you have, like, and you have to be good. <laughs> there's good enough. And, and I have to be good with that. I would, you know, where as a leader, like, am I good with it? That somebody is going to do it differently than me. I've got to be good with that. Yep. You know, and, and, and that's important too, that as a leader, when you're releasing people and you're equipping people, you know, there's going to like, I think of Hanson and his ministry, right. And, and he's trained, you're training up new leaders and disciple makers, and they're going to, the principles are going to be the same, but how they go about reaching people might be different. Their personality is different, you know, and, 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 and that's good. They're going to reach people, you know, the house church pastors that we have, they're going to reach people that I would never be able to reach. And that's great. That's what we want. And I have to be good with that. 
right? That they're going to pastor their house church differently than I'm going to pastor mine. That's not right or wrong. That's just different. Yeah. And, and that's good. Um, and that's where sometimes as a leader, you, you need to be good with that. Yeah. And true. you need to be good with it looking different than, than what, how you might do it. I'm not saying that's easy. And I'm not saying I always embrace that, that perfectionist tendency in me struggles with that sometimes. Well, there's a, the, you know, we throw around the word uh, excellence, do everything with excellence. And, but when we use that word in the context, it's usually a reference to performance. Mm-hmm. It's not a reference to practice. It's That's a reference good. to, you know, to the outward attractional things that a big church does. Yeah. I just think it's right on point. I'm glad you're recording it. We just we probably need to start doing like some minutes or something. Or just some bullet points taking notes. Because I think eventually a book should come up. Uh, you know, we can have these talking points on the podcast once we get that rolling. But these conversations, just like the girl I talked to in church, People are looking to to know that pastors understand and hear those conversations because it, we're living in a time of day now that we have to get from behind the pulpit from these lofty messages. And, and we got to get down to the streets where people need to know that we care and not just hear that we care. They need to know it and, and ways that we got to realize that the world is doing it is through podcasts. They are doing it through social media they're doing it through flyers and things like we need to invite people to these conversations not even invite let's take the conversation to the people Mm -hmm. right let's bring these things into our homes invite people into our homes and go into their homes and hey can we come over and have dinner at your place yeah that's you're right and i think it's a matter of again if we take all these things that we're talking about, like even I think of Hanson, like he's just encouraging them to be bold. Right. And he's, he's, I mean, you're saying just be bold with your story, your story of grace, this zeal, like be bold. It's like, and, and it just reminds me of Jesus just sending the disciples out and just like, just go, just knock on the door. And if they welcome you, Mm -hmm. great. If they don't just keep moving on, but go. And, and I think that's where, You know, that's where we as leaders have to just be like, believe that the Holy Spirit can do in a person what the whole, only the Holy Spirit can do to empower them to share the good news of Jesus to the uttermost parts of the world. And we got to believe that again and, and release people to, to embrace that, to believe that about themselves biblically, and then to encourage them and foster that for them to, to get them to go. You know, I think the issue of simplicity is key. Um, and I think that the movements of the world where the, the gospel is are uh, are really um, is really moving forward. And there is a movement of God happening. It, you know, it's it's interesting because it's it's in places that are persecuted. I think Hanson, you know, he, he's probably far more a part of a movement than we are here in America. <laughs> um, it's in places where there, it's illegal, it's underground, it, it, it maintains small, there's a great deal of simplicity to it. Uh, it, gets, stays, it stays focused on the Word of God um, and the principles of God's Word uh, and a lot less on tradition because they don't have time. Um, it's just, you know, so 
let's get got to get the word out. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that's I think that's those things are important uh, and they're important aspects of a movement. Yeah. When you say keep it simple, unpack that more for me. I think I think you know I, I, I can I can compare it to moving uh, out of our house. I mean, we we had a house that's eighteen hundred square feet, and um, um, I raised you know my teenage daughters, and so we moved there when they were, I guess Christopher was just a teenager and stuff like that, and and moving out of that and looking at how much junk we had that was complicating our lives, um, that was that we were having to maintain all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's just all of a sudden now moving into an apartment and uh, sleeping on an air mattress and uh, not having any furniture in her and, and really thinking in terms of we only want to bring into our into this space the things that are essential for living and doing what God's called us to do. Yeah, that's it. I don't want to I don't want a lot of clutter. Don't want a lot of uh, um, a lot of stuff. You know, and um, it just because the more you have, the more you have to maintain, the more you have, the more you have to, you know, uh, know, James Dobson years ago talked about a swing set that he bought his kids and he read the instructions for it. And it talked about how often you tighten bolts and make sure it's safe for your kids. And he said, I figured out it would take me about uh, about 10 hours a week just to make sure it was safe for my kids. (laughs) He said, I thought I own this swing set, but I learned that it owned me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's that's the nature of what we own. We think we own it, but guess what? It owns us. Mm -hmm. Buildings own us. Um, uh, Stuff owns us. Um, So I think simplicity means really getting to the things that are essentials for doing the work that we got to do. And uh, which means denying yourself in order to, in, you know, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross, follow me. Maybe we have we have to deny ourselves in order to take up the cross and the essentials that are needed to do um, what God's called us to do. And, you know, America, we have a lot of clutter. Yes, indeed yeah. we do. So, and, and it's things we think we need to do to do discipleship, but I don't, I don't think Hanson... I think we really also we we in a culture where we got a want and a need very confused. Absolutely. As I listen to Hanson's story and and reflect on my time in Haiti, we we very delusional in this city and I mean in this country on what we need to enhance the gospel. I heard one pastor, and I'm not gonna call his name, but he said. In order for him to get the gospel out effectively, he needed a private jet and he needed people to donate it to him, donate money so he'd get him a jet. I'm just like, it may be for him as a jet, but maybe for me, I think I need a van. So we all have these issues where we think we need something and Jesus absolutely had nothing but some sandals on his feet and walked around and and administrated the gospel to all those who wanted to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. In America, where we do church, in my tribe, it costs us about thirty-two thousand dollars 
ahead to baptize a believer. And we do it probably wow. better than a lot of other people. And it's not, that's not the price of a soul. I'm not saying because, hey, I can't put a price on the one Jesus died for. <laughs> it's priceless, you know. Um, the, the, the gift of salvation is priceless. It's our delivery system. We've got this free gift of salvation that um, is free, but like, like when you go on eBay and they talk about the price and all of a sudden they're going, boy, that sure is cheap until you still look at the delivery cost. And they're making their money off the delivery, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think some, I think that we as as as, as churches in America are, um, we have created a, a a system that says we've got to have in order to reach the world. In other words, we got to have money, we got to have buildings, we got to have great worship, we got to have attractional events we've got to have this and all that raises the cost of our delivery of the gospel instead of and what it does is it takes the responsibility off the individual and puts it on the organization so the average christian says i'm sharing the gospel because i'm a part of a group that's sharing the gospel um you know i instead of saying i'm it's my responsibility to share the gospel and that's why it takes so many Christians. I think, I think the, you know, what does it take? 50 Christians, whatever. I don't remember exactly. I've done, I've done statistics for my tribe and it's, it takes like 20, I think it's 27 Christians to reach one believer. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's, that's not the way it should be. Every Christian should be um, on mission for Christ. Right. But we've created systems that support that. I'm sorry, I get off. No, I think, and that's what I put in the chat there, leave and trust the mission in the hands of the individual rather than the organization. And I think of the young man that's sitting next to Hanson. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what's going on, right? I mean, Hanson's like, I'm going to trust this gentleman who's come to know Jesus. We're going to train him and we're going to send that guy back out at some point so his family can come to know Jesus. And then his neighbors, we pray, will come to know Jesus. And I think... There's so much of what Hans. I'm so glad you're on the, and you're in these calls because I think you're just what God is doing through you is a good example, really, for many of us here in the West Amen. of how the mission needs to really be be lived and um, and you're doing it in a culture that is obviously incredibly different than the one we're in, um, but the gospel message uh, is needed uh, just as much. Um, and, and so I thank you for, for your example. Um, and I'll say this too, and I'll, I'll add this here in a moment into the chat, but I just want to say, I think another element of this is, and we know this, but I think for me personally, I think I can often overlook it is just praying, just, just going to the father and just saying, God, give me someone today to share the good news of Jesus with. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example of that. And then we can share some prayer time and, and, and then be done. But um, just uh, what was it? Monday, I was just reading the word and, and in prayer with the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I just, would you just gracious? I mean, I don't deserve these opportunities, but I would love an opportunity to just have a, a, a spiritual conversation with someone today that needs you and was praying for that that morning. And, and, uh, and, 
I, as I was praying, sometimes while I'm praying, God will bring pe- specific people to mind and while I'm praying for them. And so I reached this gentleman, his name is Warren, Warren Whalen. Um, he is the dad of a, of a, of a wife in our, in our house church and he doesn't know the Lord. And so I've gotten to know him a little bit recently through some different circumstances. So anyway, I texted Warren that on Monday and I said, Hey, Warren, he's been going through a tough time. I said, Hey, just God brought you to mind while I was praying for you. I just want you to know I'm here for you. If you'd ever want to grab lunch or coffee, let me know. And so he texted back and he said, I have today available if you'd want to meet for lunch. And so I'm like, all right. So I just jumped on that. So we met for lunch on Monday and had a great conversation and, and uh, talked about his spiritual background and where he's at with God. And, and if he'd be open to doing some kind of Bible study together to learning more. And he said, yeah, I really would. Maybe we could do that at my house or I'll get some of my buddies together and we could do a Bible study. It's something I've been talking about for some time. And, and so all that to say, I just, I can often over get busy doing ministry, but not doing the work of the ministry, as it says in Acts, right? Which is prayer and, and proclamation of the word. And just, it was a good chastisement, I think, in some ways from the Lord for me to even give me that, although it was a good gift of grace to be able to have a conversation with Warren. I really, I, I, it just again, show me too, that God is hearing our prayers. God is listening and God's going to answer. I think he's going to answer that prayer if the desire is to share the gospel with people. Um, and so anyway, just, I would, I would encourage us in this list to be like, yeah, when it comes to equipping people to live the mission rather than take on the mission for them, you know, prayer, we've got to pray. I've got to pray for opportunities in my own life. And I need to pray for the disciples in my life that God would give them opportunities to, um, any, any last thought here before we just close our time in prayer? Pastor, um, one thing I'm very, this is happening all because of your encouragement, prayer, and support. And we are very thankful that we are exist because we are part of family and because of your prayer and support. And I'm very thankful from my heart. And, uh, and also, the, I, w- I want you, I request you to pray for my wife as well. She's supporting me so that I can walk here. She's in India working and so that uh, she can support me a little bit. So uh, the COVID is going great in the, uh, India. Mm. So she's working there. And plus, I'm very thankful to every one of you. That is all because I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged because I'm part of uh, I, I, the, your family. And this is exist, and and I'm very encouraged all the time. Whenever I pray, I look up to God. God, thank you that you're always there, and you want me to work here in Nepal. And I know that, and I know that this is not my place, but God sent me here to Nepal. So I always thank God. You still want me to work in Nepal? Okay, as long as you want me to work in Nepal, I'm ready. I I, I will work. So I'm happy working here in Nepal. And then I'm happy for all of you. As long as I'm teaching to the student, as long as I'm going out, and as long as I'm increasing and taking care of uh, ministry, I'm happy. When I Absolutely. look at what Hansen is up against, though, I think of, I, there, I don't have a problem in the world. Mm. Yeah. So, Amen. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me pray for you guys. I appreciate you being on the call. 
Father, you are good. And we know that you are good. Your word tells us that you are good. You have proven to us over and over and over again that you are good. The fact that you have given us salvation through the sacrifice of your own son is the greatest evidence ever that you are good. Lord, I thank you for Martin. I thank you for his his wisdom, for his experience. Lord, I thank you for what he shared today on uh, in the living room call. And I pray for him as he transitions, he and Karen transition here to the city of Cincinnati. God, I just pray that you would give them patience, give them a lot of grace with themselves, with each other. Um, as they just transition to, to life here, we thank you already for the conversations that you're providing for them with neighbors there in the apartment complex. God, give them more of that. Lord, lead them to the persons of peace who are hungry to know more about who you are and Lord, whom you have chosen before the foundation of the world to be your children. Lord, lead them to those people. Um, Lord, we thank you for him and just uh, thank you for the friendship uh, that's developing there with them. And, and I thank you for Hanson today, Lord, as he's asked, I pray that you would be with his wife in India as a nurse, yes. navigating and managing all the different situations with COVID taking place in that land. I pray that you would protect her, protect her physically, yes. protect her from sickness, God, protect her from discouragement. Um, we thank you that, uh, her work is enabling Hanson to be where he is in Nepal so that he can continue to spread the gospel there where you have him. God, encourage him, um, protect him physically, Lord, protect him from discouragement. Lord, I thank you that I just pray that you would allow him to know uh, that he is an encouragement to us over here in the West, Lord, that his example motivates us and moves us to continue to be bold and living the mission for Jesus. God, I pray for this gentleman he sits next to. I pray for his family, that uh, they would surrender the idols of Hinduism, and Lord, that they would become followers of you, King Jesus, that they too would surrender their lives to you, and that neighbors would surrender their lives, that villages would be transformed by the good news of Christ. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had today to share life together. Thank you for Richard and in New Orleans, I pray that you would continue to encourage him. Lord, protect us from getting the way of, in the way of what you want to do in other people's lives. Lord, protect us from taking on the mission for other people when you've called them to be fishers of men. Lord, help us to just train, equip, and release, and send people out just like you did, Jesus. And through that, Lord, may we see many more come to faith in you. And lives changed, families transformed, communities, villages, villages changed, cities changed, Lord, simply because uh, your people are living on your mission, empowered by your spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the Living Room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.